the WNR Podcast Network presents The Soprano Cast. My name is Nate, and I am with Archie. Hello, everyone. And we want to welcome you to the first episode. Not only is it our pilot, but we're also talking about the pilot of the television show, obviously, The Sopranos. Archie and I are both big fans of The Sopranos, and we wanted to do a podcast discussing the show, our fandom of the show. We know you are also fans of the show if you're listening to the show. I said show like 17 times just then. Right, right. um, Just so everybody knows, we're not talking about a person who sings with with a heavy set voice. We're not talking about a soprano. We're talking about the HBO series, The Sopranos. And Nate mentioned fandom. It's still my favorite HBO show. I don't care what they bring out. You know what I mean? Whether it was Entourage, this new Lakers show, The Winning Way. I still watch The Sopranos to, to today. I'll put it on when I'm bored and watch five episodes in a row. You know, so. Yeah, and it, it is it is one of the, I'm a binge watcher. Yeah. It is, it is one of those shows that I binge watch once to twice a year. Right. Um, you know, when there's nothing else new out that I want to see or what have you. And you'll notice a difference here, ladies and gentlemen, already off the bat, because I myself am from the Midwest. I'm from Ohio. I'm from corn country. Archie's actually from Jersey. Yep. Here's the difference. You heard me say Sopranos, and you heard Archie say Sopranos. Sopranos, right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, The the thing of it is, is that when people who know me all my life, and when the Sopranos came out, it was no big deal. But people who, like, meet me and know I'm from New Jersey, their first question, well, how close do you live to Tony Soprano's house? Have you ever been to Satrial's? Did you go to the pizza land? Do you know this? Did you do that? Did you? And here's the crack up. I've only been to like four of the places that they were to in that show. I have never been to pizza land, even though it's like 25 minutes from my house. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, no, these are not places that people from New Jersey regularly went. Right. Yeah. Like you know? it's, it's not, and it's not, I'm sure even people that are from there, like you said, you might, you might drive by it every day. So right. why Never would you ever, why would you ever visit? You know, it's just, it's just something in the background for you. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's, uh, I've been to the Bada Bing, which it's not called that. Mm-hmm. It's called, it's called Satin Dolls. It's on, uh, uh, Route 3 in Lodi. And the, the, the Tony's office that you used to see him go into the back there isn't really there. That was a soundstage. Because we got the whole tour of this gentleman's club. And yes, the front, when you walk in, looks it says, and it says it on the sign, home to, the, you know, the bottom bing. I've been there. I've been to one sandwich shop that they went to. I've tried to go by Tony Soprano's house, but if it's not a day that they're allowing you to tour it, you can't get anywhere up near that place. The funny, uh, tri- the, the, the funny trivia about that house, actually, is... In the pilot episode, that's the only that's the only episode they actually filmed inside that house. Right. The rest of the rest of the episodes, the entire rest of the series, the they recreated the house on a soundstage. Right. Exactly. And I think that's it comes down to the owners not wanting to rent it out. Like, like I don't know if you paid attention to the pilot episode. We're going to get into it, but the, they show the 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 meat store that they have out in front of, and it's not the same name Mm-mm. as we know. The, the name we all know, the pork store, Satrials, is what it's called when you watch every episode. But in the pilot, it's called Satarini's. So I think maybe after the pilot, like, you know, they aired it and then it took a little while for them to air the remainder of the series. I think a few people took a back step when they realized, oh, this show is mobbed up. You know what I mean? Maybe we don't want to be involved in this. Well, and also, I don't know. I don't know if you knew this or not, because there's. I, I was assuming going into the show, like I'm never going to tell Archie some shit he doesn't know. But um, the sh- the pilot was actually filmed in '97. Yeah, um, yeah. And the, the like show didn't years. begin airing. Yeah, the show didn't begin airing until '99. Right. So, and did you watch it? Excuse me. Did you watch it from the beginning on HBO? Yes. I okay. See, I, I there was months of hype and. The surprise, and I saw, and I didn't even know who James Gandolfini was mm-hmm. up until he he came on as Tony Soprano. Like I didn't know him from anything else. And then my dad, when we were watching one episode, like he was the guy in, um, I think it was um, 
what you call it, Cal, uh, California Romance or something is the name of the movie with Brad Pitt and whatever. And, you know, I'm like, I didn't even know he was in that because he didn't yeah. look the same. But I didn't know, I knew the guys who have been in every mob movie, like Paulie and guys like that. But watching the common attraction for this show, I was like, oh, Jesus, I have to see this. What is HBO going to do here? Yeah. And the, so I, episode one. You know. I, was a, I was a late bloomer. Um, mm -hmm. When the show initially came out, I did not have HBO. Right. Um, and then I think after that, it was probably the second season. I bought both the, of the first two seasons on DVD right. and watched it. <laughs> and the Sopranos is what made me subscribe to HBO. Because <laughs> then I was like, oh, shit, this is a show I need to see when it comes out every right. single week. Right. This is this is one of those TV series like Game of Thrones, like Entourage, that when it aired on Sunday, if you saw your if you didn't watch it and then you saw somebody Monday morning and they're, hey, did you watch the episode? Of Shut up. No. I don't want to know anything going into it. I want to watch it myself. There was you didn't want a spoiler because God forbid they told you something and you missed out. You yeah. know what I mean? This was HBO like turned back the clock to that uh, what is it called? Water cooler talk mm -hmm. in office buildings. People were busting to talk about it. You know, we the, the show would end and me and my buddies would call each other like, "Oh my God, is he really going to kill this guy? Did he really do that? Did he really tell Johnny Sachs?" Because you know. We were talking about it like they were our best friends, yeah. and we were you know, talking about that. That's the, that's that's the mark of a great TV show or yeah. movie is when you become emotionally connected to those characters. Exactly. Um, just like, and it's not The Sopranos, and we again we are going to get into the show. I promise, folks. But um, the the dude that played Dale Gribble passed away. Right, King of the Hill, and I'm a bit I'm a big King of the Hill fan. Okay, as am I, as is the wife. And somebody posted a meme the other day that had it had the guys standing out you know by the fence in the alley like they always mm -hmm. do and it had boomhauer and bill and hank was in a suit and then they were holding their beers and it had dale's hat on the ground right next to hank and i was like why am i getting emotional about a right cartoon? It was, it was right <laughs> right it's a it's a cartoon but you do you 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 become emotionally attached to characters and if it's good tv or a good movie right. if it's well done right which this and, is this is one of the greatest TV shows of all time. I agree, and it won every award possible. It was nominated like I think they're the one year that they broke records was when they were nominated twelve times in one year, from every actor point of view: best actor, best supporting actor, best actress, best supporting actress, best director, best producer, best score. And it's like, okay, this show can't be that good that they're winning everything, but they are. You know what I mean? And HBO didn't dare put on anything else better than it. Like Six Feet Under just ended. I don't know if you watched that show about the family with the funeral home. That just no, ended. I've, I've never watched that one. Uh, there were a couple other series that they were like, you know, nowadays they'll put three or four series on at the same time on HBO just on different nights. And you got to pick and choose. And No, if you were if The Sopranos was airing that series that season. There was nothing else on TV. They didn't want yeah. anything else competing with it because they wanted your attention on that family. So and right and rightfully so. Um, yep. The pilot episode, and like we said at the beginning, we we aren't going to do like a play by play of the episode. That's not what we're right. here to do. If you're listening to the show, you've already watched the show. You're already a fan. It's more observations um, about right. the episodes, and and Archie, you can. Obviously, whatever you think when we go through a scene. But my first thing I wrote down was what a perfect vehicle to take you through, to get you started in going through Tony's life. Right. To have this guy wind up in a psychiatrist's office. Right. Right. To wind up, it, to wind up in the chair. And it just so happens the, the psychiatrist is also a, a fellow, uh, uh, an Italian. Uh, and you know, she's very refined. She's not, pardon me, a, a mafioso type of character, but if you look at who it is for all you, you know, mafia fans, it's Karen Hill from the, from the Goodfellas. Yes. Lorraine Bronco. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Lorraine Bronco. So perfect person to be putting in there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you're starting out, he's telling her the story of why he's there, why he had a panic attack or he doesn't think it was a panic attack he just feels he got lightheaded 
typical male, you know, where yeah. I know I'm diagnosing myself. I'm fine, <laughs> you know. And, you know, he's telling this story, but he's not really telling her a big story because he's got to keep it under wraps at first. Yep. yep. And, and, and I like how she addresses that with him later. Yep. When he starts telling the story about going to get, you know, we had an issue with an outstanding loan. Right. And she's like, right. okay, there's, there's some fucking rules here. Right. And he's like, and I took him out for coffee. Yeah, we but had coffee. Like, but yeah. he ran him down as he had a cup of coffee in his hand. That was what made it even funnier. <laughs> you know what I mean? He runs this guy over in Christopher, in Christopher his nephew's brand new car, breaks the car, and the guy's coffee flies everywhere up in the air. He's like, I took him out for a cup of coffee. <laughs> so, you know, that was, like you said, it was the perfect place to start off the story to show you what you were dealing with. You know, there's a there's a bonding here between Tony Soprano and I first thing in this episode or right off the bat because he you know we start off with the ducks. Okay. Right. I also right. love ducks. I am a I, I do not like birds. I am not a bird person. Right. I would never have right. a pet bird, but for some reason I love ducks. When I worked I worked at a at a uh, home and farm store for a long time and we actually carried like chicks and ducks and turkeys or ducklings, I should say, chicks and ducks and turkeylings. <laughs> but um, when I was having a stressful day, my favorite thing to do was to fill a little bowl of water and put it in the duck thing and watch them play. Watching the little right. ducklings play brought me joy. Right. So Tony and I have something in common here. Right. The, the, as, you, as you come to realize, even before this episode you know, ends, the ducks were sentimental to him too. It wasn't just a calming or a relaxation to him. Uh, he he looked at the ducks as being there as a tree. Because he asked his daughter, it's real special that they came here. And she she's like, what do you mean, Dad? Because of course she's a 16-year-old girl. What did she care about ducks being in her pool? And, but you know, he's like, it's special that they came here. He felt like it was a, a blessing or a gift that those ducks decided to pick his house to live at. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, he's getting real emotional and he, he's throwing them um, bread. And, <laughs> but then, of course, which it seemed like to me from day one, and I know a lot of people love the Carmela Soprano character. I was not a fan. Um, but the minute the man walked in the door, now you got to admit with me, it had to be six or seven o'clock in the morning because their children were getting ready to go to school. Yeah. She hit him with a to-do list in three seconds of that man waking up and going about his name. She didn't give him a chance to breathe. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And they, they I have some I have some notes in here about the uh the dynamic between those two. Oh yeah, fantastic. Um, because I'm not I'm also not a huge fan of, of the character Carmela. <coughs> right. I am a fan. I am a fan of the the chemistry between the actor and actress, though. Oh, definitely. And, and the way that they the way that they portray the relationship of the Sopranos right. is is fantastic. Um, and I also like you mentioned about the about Meadow. Mm -hmm. I the the thing that that sets this show apart from any other thing that's ever been done with the mob, in my opinion, is they do such a good job of. The, the family life too you know yes it, it, he's yes. a mafioso his wife's a mafioso wife but they have to deal with the angst of their teenage daughter and of course later wow. we're gonna get we're gonna get into stuff with anthony jr and right. you know I, I love the family dynamics too yeah they um, didn't they've never painted in any mob movie i've ever watched even with the godfather except for the four main sons you know what i mean the, the tom hagan and then michael sonny and and, and, and fredo but as a dynamic, like you said, this was actually going into the kids' mind with the Sopranos because you knew everything Meadow was doing, you knew what was going on with AJ, and you really got to know the whole family. So you watched his kids grow up, and it wasn't just like, oh, okay, they're kids. They're what? No, these are characters I can relate to too because, well, maybe I have a 16-year-old daughter or an 11-year-old son or whatever. So mm -hmm. you kind of get like, well, if his life is this crazy, and he's a mob boss. 
then my life must be peaches and creeps because I don't got to worry about somebody killing me tomorrow. Right. You know what I mean? I just got to deal with my children. <laughs> so. Well, they kind of they kind of give you the the what it's like to be to be in the mob, but also be a family person later right. on in the episode when Meadows trying to sneak back, sneak into her into her room. Oh God. And oh, out, out comes Carmela with a shotgun, you know, like yep. we are, we are under in, constant, we are under constant threat. In front of the priest. I, yeah. I, I remarked to my wife recently when I rewatched the episode, like she didn't just go out and pull out a semi-automatic rifle in front of the priest. God damn it. You know what I mean? Like the priest, and the priest just looked at her like, what are you doing? Oh yeah. Well, you're well, right. It was, I said shotgun. You're right. It was, it was a semi-automatic. But even if it would have been a BB gun, why are you doing this in front of the guy that's there to pray for you? You know, <laughs> he's gonna go back and tell the whole parishion now they've got guns in that house. Those Sopranos are crazy. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> well, but yeah, Meadow, Meadow trying to sneak back in the house. She can't go skiing anymore because earlier in the show, uh, the deal was if you if you're a good girl and you get your grades up, you can go skiing with your friend for Christmas. And you know that gets taken off the table. She's bitching and moaning now, like most teenagers do when they don't get their way, and. It's it just the one thing I will say. It is very evident that Jamie Lynn Sigler, who is the do- who is Meadow Soprano, had a lot of work done from yeah. the first episode to the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> even the even from job. even even from the pilot to the net to yeah. the next episode because it, like, like we said, it was over a year. Right. Um, the nose job is evident right away. Yeah, very, go very, from episode one to episode two. Very much so. so. Um, also, just as note, the actor that plays the priest in this episode does not play the priest after nope. the pilot. It's a different nope. actor. Same character, different actor. Right. right. Um, and also, I don't know if you knew this or not, later on in the episode, we see Adriana as the hostess at the yes, restaurant. Yes, we do see her. Right. At Vesuvio, yes. That no, was I not... That was a different restaurant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a, but that was, um, when they wrote this, mm-hmm. that character was not Adriana. She was not written as Adriana. Adriana was not even a character yet. I don't know if you knew that or not. I didn't, I didn't know so, that, yeah. So they made up, there's an episode later on down the line where they mentioned her being a hostess. Right. They made that up during that episode just to make it make sense. Understandable. But, but yeah, so th- in this pilot episode, Technically, that character is not Adriana. Right. Or it was not she written did. as Adriana. Right. She's probably listed as blonde hostess or something like right. that. Right. Yes. Right. No, yeah, the, the Adriana character really doesn't start to take shape until like the fourth or fifth episode. And even then, she's just Christopher's girlfriend. Yeah. It yeah. really takes to like season three for Adriana to become a focal point of any part of the show. Mm-hmm. So, you know, might- but yeah. My sent my central theme going through my notes here is that this is a great this the other thing this pilot does wonderfully is in an hour we meet almost every important character. Yes. Almost every important character. Right. And we also now by the end of the episode we know Tony's dynamic with each with each of those characters. Because the next thing that they, that he talks to Melfi about <laughs> is his uncle Junior, and right. he says, in his words, "My uncle adds to my general stress level." Right. <laughs> I exactly. love how he's being political about it. You know. Right. Right. Well, yeah, he can't say, "Me and my uncle work together," and he's he's adding to my, you know, he's making times hard at work because then she'd ask him, "What do you do?" And I don't think it would be believable that they both work in waste management. Waste together, management. You know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> But yeah, you really, the thing that I, I noticed, this was something else that I noticed. One of Tony's um, captains, the, the the fatter gentleman, who is not Big P- Pussy Bob and Sarah, he's one of the other captains. Uh, I believe his name is Sally Boy or something like that. Tony and him are eating at the uh, table and they're talking about, you know, Junior and all the stuff Junior's been doing and pissing them off. And he says to Tony, well, it's because he knows you're really in charge and you're the boss of New Jersey and he's just a, a guy wearing a, walking around with a badge on. We actually don't see that happen for like three, four episodes later that Junior takes the mm-hmm. reins as the acting boss. So I think maybe from the pilot to the second episode, 
they rewrote what they wanted because Tony was not technically the acting boss yet, and neither was uh, another character we're going to see in, in episode two. Um, Jack, uh, not Jackie April. Uh, it's it's Jack uh, Jackie Junior's father, Richie yeah. uh, Jackie April Senior, uh, who has cancer. You know what I mean? But they are already mentioning them being the boss of New Jersey when that wasn't that doesn't come into fruition until like the fourth or fifth episode. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I think there were a few rewrites. Like, okay, with well, this was a couple of years ago, like you mentioned, ninety-seven. We got a lead up to one of them taking charge. Well, and I also noticed. I don't know if you noticed this or not, because it was just a little detail to me. That I, to be okay. A lot of times, any other time I've ever watched this show, I'm watching it for enjoyment. So now I'm watching it right. and actually analyzing it for the show. So right. I'm picking up on picking up on things that maybe I didn't before. Did you notice right. that in this episode? You you know where Tony and the and the guys are at the table outside, mm-hmm. and Silvio shows up. Right. It almost seems right. like in this episode he was not meant to be part of the crew. He's just like a guy on the street. Well, that that's a good point, and I think I, did you see the uh, many saints of Newark, the Sopranos movie? Yes. Okay. If you pay attention in that movie. Paulie and Silvio are actually working for Tony's father and are much older than Tony. So, and that still is evident in the, in the series as well. But I think that but the, the pilot episode, they kept true to that story they wanted, that they weren't really a part of Tony's crew yet. And like, then they saw that the overall, the way the characters were talking to one another, knowing, okay, Silvio and Tony work well together. We got to find a way to put them together. Right, and then they made him his consigliere. You know what I mean. So, it, it I guess in the first seat, first episode, they were testing everybody out, like who works best where. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then obviously we go into um, we get to meet Junior, and we get to meet Artie at the restaurant. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we get our first look at those two guys because the story here is Junior's gonna Junior's going to uh, take care of some business. Yes. If you will, if you will, at Artie's restaurant. So, um, I believe the exact thing is Junior wants to whack little pussy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not 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 big pussy, little not pussy. big pussy, little pussy. Uh, <laughs> I think they pussy. actually, I think they actually say that in the episode. They do, they, they do, <laughs> they do, because there it's it's big pussy Pompacero is the guy that's with Tony, his best friend, and then little pussy Malanda is the guy that owes Junior two hundred thousand dollars. And you find out later on, like, if you remember the episode where Tony gets shot by Junior years later, he thinks it's Pussy Malanga. Yeah. And that's why he shoots him. So it all comes back around to this first episode and everything that was supposed to happen. When you talk about some chemistry, the next thing I wrote down, oh, yeah, now we get to Ma's house. Yep. Um, the The character... Tony's mother, and it, not not in not in uh, the, uh, the the not in the malicious way, not in her right. malicious side, because Livia has a, a malicious side, an evil. Oh side. yeah, oh yeah. But in her, in the way she acts about things, she is very much my grandmother. She's because, my great grandmother. Okay. Yeah, she's <laughs> she, she's like old, but she's emo. Like right. like when he brings her the CD player. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want that. She's just so negative right. all the time, and blah. Yeah. And my my grandmother is so like that. She's so like everything is everything is this big dramatic thing, and yep. and yeah. So yeah, it, it's, my, uh, my grandfather's mom. That <laughs> God rest your soul. He used to have a way with words where you knew what she really meant, even though she was saying something completely different. Yep. Yeah. And she used to my my granddad had it. Like, you know, clocked. If he didn't get off the phone with her in 10 minutes, he was going to hear something he didn't want to hear. And when mm-hmm. she would end the phone call and go, okay, my son, God bless you, and hang up, he knew that that kind of meant I'm mad at you, <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you why, and then he'd get all upset. Yeah. And in yeah. a lot of ways, Livia does that to Tony, whatever, like, you never let me feed you. Or, yeah, look who doesn't call his mom. You know what I mean? It's like, it's that draining 
energy that just comes out of a person because somebody but, says something like that. Yeah, look who never calls his mom, but then when he shows up or calls, all he gets is grief. Right, right. <laughs> he called in one of the the episodes we're going to see soon. I don't want to give any spoilers, but he calls her and she answers. She's like, "Hello, who is it?" He's like, "Hey, mom, what's up?" She's like, "Who is it?" He's like, "Who else calls you mom?" I'm like, "Yeah." What kind of mother is it after they say, hey, mom? <laughs> you know, but. It's, it is. And one of the. And it's later in the episode. But like I said, it's not like we're going blow for blow here. Right. But one of the biggest, like, to me, the biggest. Where do Tony's issues come from? Right is the scene later on when he is so angry about how his mother just whittled his father down to nothing. Right. You know, with her, with right. her overbearingness and her, I mean, just you, James Gandolfini does such a good job acting in that. And he's always good, but it, you can just see the disdain on his face. It's not just that we don't see what Johnny Soprano looks like for like three or four seasons. But the way he paints you a picture of his dad, like you know what I mean, just the, mm -hmm. you know, you know, this strong, overbearing monster of a man. That when you finally see what Johnny Soprano is, you go, "Oh damn, he really is a monster." Yeah. But then <laughs> this woman, his wife, like you said, whittles him down, like just drains every bit of energy out of him. That no matter what he tried to do with his life, was never good enough. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, I can understand that. You're seeing your father get picked apart. You know what I mean? You're, you're a hero. You're, you're this big, strong guy. Gets turned to nothing. You know, he's resentful. Yeah. He's and, upset and, about it. And he does, a, he does a fantastic job, like I said, in that scene. That, that, that's that, just to, that, that part and, and the, the, um, the whatever happened to Gary Cooper Oh God, that's are, a statement are, I still use. Are, are probably yeah, and they're probably to me they're probably the two scenes, the two acting scenes in this in this in this pilot episode that stick out the most. Right. Um, right. And a little um, a little like he was looking into the future too, because that statement can now ring through today as well. Yes. Whatever happened to the strong, silent type, someone who kept their feelings inside and only unleashed them to people he trusted. You look at people nowadays who just blurt out everything they want to say without thinking twice about it. And then when you call them out on their BS, it's like, well, my feelings and my, I need to be, you know, it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, so he was very foretelling in that he didn't like the way the world was turning. You know, even though he yes. was with a psychiatrist, he was still holding a lot back. You know, he was telling her certain things that she needed to know. But he didn't go that into detail until he had to. Right, until he had to. <laughs> so, and the funny thing about this show, as it pertains to a mafioso being in a um, psychiatrist's office, at the same time this TV show came out, a year or so in between, Analyze This came out. And that was a, a polar opposite because it was on the comedy level of it. You know, and you know I completely, I mean? I, yeah, I completely forgot about that, that they were so close together like that. Yeah, so it was, you got the comedy aspect of Robert De Niro and Billy Crystal, and yeah, it's still about the mob, but it's really, not, it's more to do with the guy's feelings, but then here's The Sopranos, which is taking the more serious side of it, and mm -hmm. also showing you not just the mob side, not just his life, his, his family style life, but also all the other things that he's going through with everything. You know, whether he had a girlfriend, whether he had a this, whether he had a dad, uh, the people he loved and trusted, and then worried about, well, are one of these people going to flip on me eventually and going to get me in trouble? Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, and speaking about speaking about Junior, one of the things that I had read um, going through little trivia things to bring up during the show, um, mm -hmm. Junior was originally um, almost cast at – Robert Loggia was almost cast as Uncle Junior. You know, um, Robert Loggia ends up making a cameo in the show. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think he does. Four or five mm -hmm. as Feech Lamont. Yes. And 
he was great in that role. But I don't think anybody else could have been Junior Soprano, but the guy they got to play. <laughs> yeah, and I, you think about that sometimes when you read like trivia about shows. Mm-hmm. You're like this this person this person almost got cast as this character, and you're like, I can't yeah. see that. Whoa. I can't see anybody else as Tony Soprano. I can't see Whoa. anybody else as as uh, Uncle Junior. Yeah, right. You know, even in the, they did they did the movie, the many saints, many saints of Newark. They didn't just cast any kid to play Tony Soprano. They cast James Gandolfini's son to play Tony Soprano. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> so it was like, hey, we got to make him look like himself when he's younger. <laughs> so get get his kid. You know. So yeah, I don't think anybody else would have played Uncle Junior. As great as Robert Lozier is, I just don't think he would have been able to pull yeah. it off. Same. You you needed an old crotchety guy, not a psychopath. Yeah, yeah, you definitely. Know? So, but uh, we, the thing of it, the thing of it is, is, you see Junior, and I, I, I always liked the Uncle Junior character because he added a different aspect to him. <laughs> but <clears throat> when you look at the real storyline of it that we're going to get into eventually, he was actually madly in love with Tony's mom, who was his sister-in-law, mm-hmm. and he was using her to help him. You know, he goes and visits her at her home. And then eventually when Tony puts her in the assisted living and everything like that, Junior was always visiting her and, and you know, having a relationship with her. You don't really see that in, in, in the world. Like, after somebody's brother passes away, yeah, you're still cordial with your, your sister-in-law. But you don't become best friends. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? And they were two peas in a pod. They and, were two and, crotty and, old people. Like you said, as we as we go through the episodes, you're gonna you're gonna figure out here. Um, or again, everybody's seen the show, but as we go through the episodes, my biggest one of my biggest observations about the relationship between them is Libya knows that he loves her, right? And she manipulates him. Mm-hmm. She uses that to her just like she did with her husband. She's she's yep. such a she's such a manipulative bitch. <laughs> yep. And again, that's where Tony gets the manipulative side from, because mm-hmm. when you look at the Tony Soprano character, people who maybe should have been pissed off at him loved him, and people who loved him were very easily pissed off by him. Right. You know. What I mean? <laughs> so. We get we get our uh, we get our introduction again. Like I said, they just they're doing such a good job of of bang 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 introducing you to characters, yep. what their dynamic is. We also get our introduction introduction to Hesh yes. um, during this episode. Um, who, who was actually really Tony's consigliere, you know, throughout the seasons. Because when Tony needed advice, he called Hesh. Yes. You know what I mean? That was his, his actually his father's best friend, his best friend. Um, and, yeah, Hesh was... Hesh was somebody Tony felt comfortable talking to because he really wasn't in the mob. He was just a friend of the mob. So he yeah. knew he'd give him an outside perspective. You know. Yeah, and and he's almost and I know that I know the characters aren't there's a diff there's a different uh what do I want to say? There's a difference in where they fall in their respective families. Right. But Hesh is almost Tony's Tom Hagen, right? You know exactly. he's not as lo- he's not his lawyer. No, but he's somebody who's there when Tony is like, okay, what should we do? And five of his guys are like, we got to kill this guy. We got to make him disappear. We got to do this. We got to do that. Hold on, calls Hash. Hey, what should we do? Well, see if he can be bought out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he gives them the other aspect of things. You know, yeah. if it's not financial though, then yeah, take him out. You know. What I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I just, rem- I just remember watching this pilot episode. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, like we said, the, the characters and the stories are going to flesh out over the next next seasons of the show that we watch and review. But I remember distinctly when this pilot episode, when I first saw it, thinking, oh, this guy's the Tom Hagen of this series. Oh, yeah. I saw Hesh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hesh... You- the the first season, like the pilot episode in the first season, Hesh is just there. But yeah. then all of a sudden he grows into a character that you love and hate at the same time because you realize, oh, he's just as manipulative as they are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He has his little qualms too where he pulls those and, and gets money 
that he maybe shouldn't be getting his hands on. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> um, Tony tries to give Artie Cruz tickets. Yep. So that he can go away. Tony, obviously, Hesh's idea, just saying introduction to Hesh, Hesh's idea is find a way to close the restaurant down so Junior can't do the hit at the restaurant. Right. And right. The, once again, like you said, Tony, Tony sees, it, okay, Hesh has the good alternative because he even gets that right. little shit-eating grin on his face when he says it. Right. Um, but, of course, Artie has to give the tickets back because his wife pretty much says they got blood on them. And I get that. Look, when you're a friend of somebody in that type of business or any business that's shady, you don't want to take from them. But she acted like if he was handing him a gun and $100,000. They were cruise mm -hmm. tickets, for God's sake. She just didn't like Tony and didn't like the um, the way that Tony could make Artie do what he wanted. Right. You know what I mean? So it, it, she was very much so always telling Artie, well, you can't take that from him, or you can't do that with him, or you can't. Well, they were best friends since high school. You know what I mean? When two guys have known each other 20 years. I, I find, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. But you're good. As, the, as the series goes on, we talked about Carmela earlier. Mm -hmm. I find that I generally dislike Artie's wife as well. Charmaine, yeah, Charmaine <laughs> yes. is one of the biggest, biggest trash bag human beings I've ever met. Because she likes to make destruction for no reason. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, and we all we all know someone like that in our real life. Yeah, so it's yeah. It, it fucking hits a raw nerve. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I I agree. Yeah, our Artie for his for all he was worth was by far the purest character on the show. You know what I mean? He was he was loving. He was there to do anything that Tony wanted or anybody wanted. And when he needed something, Tony tried to offer it to him. And Charmaine, and Artie's wife, was just, nope, we're not taking it. And then they yeah. ended up in shit. You know what I mean? So He had a fucking buzzkill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, during the scene where Tony and uh, Melfi happen to be at the same restaurant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the guy that Melfi's with is having, having trouble getting a table. But, of course, Tony gets them a table. Yep. Um. I just, that scene, there isn't a lot to that scene, but I wrote down, I like Tony looking at the gang going, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he was almost standoffish, like, you're with my girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, like, he was trying I, to tell I, him something you there. Doing? You know, and I think that was when Dr. Milky realized just how powerful Tony was. Like, mm -hmm. oh, he has influence at a restaurant that is jam-packed and can get me a table. Sort of like, if you look back at Goodfellas again, where she made her debut into the mob world, when her and Henry walk through the restaurant to get to their seats, and she's astonished then, it's almost like you see that same face from her in the Sopranos, yeah. like, wow, he's that powerful. You know what I mean? So it, it, she really starts to, in over the course of these next few episodes, realizes he's a threat. He's a, a bit of a sociopath. But she has a love for him because she wants to cure him. Mm -hmm. Almost like one of those women that when they're dating a bad guy, I could change him. Yeah, I, I could make him better. Him. She thought she could cure him. But unless she could get him out of the mob, she wasn't going to be able to <laughs> cure him. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, so. the, the thing that I noticed, too, and we I talked about it earlier with the, um, the chemistry between Tony and Carmela. And yes. the, they they do a great job in the scene in the scene where he's trying to tell her he's trying to work up to tell her that he's on Prozac. Right. This really establishes the dynamic of these two. Yes. Because he's like, I got something to tell you, and immediately she's confrontational. Right. You know, immediately. <laughs> oh, who who are you? Who are you fucking? What have you done wrong? And another little thing that I noticed. Was she? He says, "I'm on Prozac. I've been seeing a therapist. I'm on Prozac." He gets happy, and she says, "She also says, what did he say?" Mm -hmm. Referring to the therapist, and notice Tony does not bother correcting her to tell her that his therapist is a woman because what? he knows immediately Carmela's going to think he's fucking his therapist. That's well, what I think. I think now, he was just like, "I'm just not even going to correct her. That's fine. Let her think it's a I, dude." 
I agree with you. But when he has to tell his buddies that he's seeing a therapist later on in the series, he also doesn't tell them right away that she's a woman either. I I personally think I agree with you about, you know, Carmelo was going to think he was sleeping with his therapist because she assumed he slept with everybody. Yeah. But I also think that he saw it as if they hear it's a woman, they might think that I'm even softer than I am. Like, not bad enough you're seeing a therapist, but it's a woman, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? It, it makes it a double-edged sword. You yeah, know what so I mean? That, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and that totally makes sense because he would have a totally different dynamic with his wife than he does with them. So he doesn't want to tell anybody that his therapist is a woman, but for completely different reasons in every right. aspect of his life. Right. You know, so, but here's the thing. I think that if, if I was a person who could go, who, who went to therapy, I think I would feel possibly more comfortable with talking to a woman. And here's why. Maybe I want the judgment that comes from a woman at a, at a therapist's office rather than a guy who might just see me as, an, oh, well, I've been there too, so let me just tell you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe you need the comfort and the judgment of a woman in therapy than you more so need a buddy who's just going to become a yes man eventually. Right. Not that that's what therapists do, but you never know. You might trade you- cord with the guy and he becomes your best friend. Yeah, you never know, you know? with a guy. Yeah, so I, I, I see I see your point there. Um, the the part where uh, Tony and Meadow are in the church. Mm-hmm. They also establish. They also establish in that scene very much so. We know now that Meadow is a daddy's girl. Right. So they have established that because she's like, Dad, can you talk to Mom? Blah blah. <laughs> you know, it's right. it's. Uh, and my daughter is much the same way. She's a daddy's girl as well. But I also wrote down, speaking of mother or father, father-daughter dynamics, I wrote down, my ancestors didn't build a church like Tony's saying that his did. But right. my daughter my daughter has the same reactions to things like that that Meadow does. Like, right. I, t- I tell my daughter something that I think is so cool. Or, and she's just like, yeah, whatever, Dad. I don't, I don't right. care. <laughs> Why should I care about that? <laughs> yep. It it almost goes back to uh, Bill Cosby in the 80s talking about, you know, I'd ask my dad for $5 and he'd tell me how he killed the bear with his loose leaf notebook. And I'd be like, but what does that have to do with anything? Our children today look at us like that, no matter what we talk about. Yeah. Could be a sneaker, could be a TV show, could be something we did at work. And they look at us like Meadow Soprano looked at her father like, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah. Meanwhile, he was trying to show her, your family have roots here. Mm-hmm. You know, your family have a, a a stability here. Because he didn't know. Does she think we're all screwed up? Does she think we're all just a bunch of Italian people who, you know, came to the United States or whatnot? Meanwhile, she didn't care. She was thinking about going away to Aspen and, you know, seeing her boyfriend. <laughs> That's all, all that she cared about. All, all about herself. Right. Yeah, I shouldn't say that my daughter's like that now. My daughter's 23 now, 24, about to get married. But right. when she was Meadow's age, she did the same shit to me. She just, every, everything, oh, yeah. she just, if I thought it was a big deal, she's just like, yeah, whatever, Dad. Right, but God forbid they think something's a big deal and you don't think right. the same thing. Like, <laughs> my, my daughter is, my one daughter is 16, at Meadow's age, and my other daughter's 22. And the 22-year-old wants to have a relationship with me now because she's married and has a child. So, you know, she'll ask me little things about when she was a kid and did she do the same thing her daughter's currently doing at one and whatnot. And the 16-year-old just, it's a favor. Could you take me to go see the Barbie movie? Could you drop right. me to my friend's house? Could you take me here? Could you take me there? Yeah. And it's like when I try to, like, you know, how's your day going? Are you okay? Do you need anything? I'm fine. And it's like, okay, why are you so mad? <laughs> yeah, and and when my my daughter when my daughter at that age got not not necessarily distant, but just like it's it's a shock for a father because you're yeah. you know for so long until they're like thirteen or fourteen they're literally daddy's little girl, right, and then all of a sudden they're not, or they right. still are, but they're not. But I remember telling right. my wife, "Oh, I'm losing her. I'm losing her," and she's like, "No, she'll come back." Don't worry, mm-hmm. she'll come back, and they she does she did. They do, but, yes, they do. Well, of course, then uh, we see the ultimate solution for the restaurant problem. 
that's been yes. going through this whole episode. <laughs> Blow it up. <laughs> Blow it Blow up. Blow it up. <laughs> hey, the it, motherfucker it, wouldn't take the cruise tickets. I'm just saying. But in Tony's mind, Blow it up. He'll get the insurance and he'll make a bigger restaurant. And or let my uncle kill somebody in it. They close his restaurant anyway. He doesn't get the insurance money. And right. all hell breaks loose. You know. Yes. So, you know, the funny thing though, and we'll hear it in a couple of episodes in this season down the road, was they immediately knew that it was Tony that blew up the restaurant. And by they I mean Junior and his crew. Yeah. Like nobody <laughs> just thought Maybe it just blew up because of you know a light a, a light went out and it was electrical problem. It wasn't just the arson investigators. The mob do probably blew up the, the the restaurant. It's like why? How do you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, no. I think, uh, but I think it's it's. Um, I don't want to say. I don't. I don't know how to put it. It's the perfect. It's the perfect it's the perfect solution to Tony's problem right? to, hi to highlight what we're going to be seeing in The Sopranos, what kind of a right. show this is going to be. He's right. going to get what he wants no matter what. Right. And he thinks he's coming from a good place mm -hmm. because he thinks he's fixing a, a problem, but he doesn't realize the bigger problems that come out of it. You know, like blowing yes. up Artie's restaurant. You don't know how long it's gonna. He didn't know how long insurance was gonna take to pay out. He didn't know if Artie would even want another restaurant after that. Right. All he knew was I have to blow up this restaurant to stop this from happening, and we'll see what happens down the road. That's all that it was basically. It was to see what happens. So, you know, the one relationship that we don't see blossom yet in episode one, but it's there, but it's not huge, is the Christopher relationship. Yeah, Tony's nephew. Yeah. There's some, there's some moments with Christopher, like the moment in the car before right. you know before they chase the guy down, and then at the end when Christopher's talking about he could be in a movie, you know he could he could make his stories into movies and make money doing that. Right. You kind of sort of see what their relationship is like, but right. in this one, in this pilot episode, it almost feels like. Uh, it almost feels like a, a, um, a more adversarial relationship than it actually is. So than it was. actually See, was, fleshes, out, fleshes out to be. I was going to say that it almost felt like Christopher was Tony's burden. Like he got left yes. on his doorstep. Because yes. everything Christopher would say or do in this first episode pissed Tony off to the high heavens. But as as you, as you they grow in, in you know the next few episodes and whatnot, you realize, no. Tony has this un this ungodly love for Christopher that even though he's doing something bad, he sees no harm in it, and he's just mm -hmm. trying to teach him how to do it better. So, you know, but the, the, I have to say, as time will go on, the Christopher Christopher character was my favorite out of all of them. I love Tony's Soprano. I want. Mm -hmm. I am from New Jersey. I am from North Jersey, and I want to be Tony Soprano. I always have been. You know <laughs> what I mean? I've always, you know, the, the golf shirts, the slacks going, you know what I mean? The dressing mm -hmm. style. I've always wanted a Chevy Yukon. I've never gotten one before though because they're just too damn big. You know <laughs> what I mean? But just that kind of, that, 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 that strong, powerful person, that's what I've always tried to be. But on the other hand, you get, you gain a love in this series for Christopher because you see him as this lovable fuck up. Who again is trying to do things from a good place, but also thinks that he should be bigger than he is. Yes. So, and we've all had that guy in our friends or family circle where we go, God, I love him, but I want to strangle him today. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So. Um, so yeah, and then the uh, and I, I can see what you're saying about the Chris character. Um, one of my favorites. Yes. Um, and to, I guess Tony is ultimately my favorite, and we'll we'll talk about it more as we go through the series. But I'm right. a big Pauly fan. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a but fan I, of almost every character, but it's hard I, to pick a favorite sometimes. And I may even have a favorite for one season, but then the next season, somebody else right. is my favorite because they change the dynamic from season mm -hmm. to season of who you're watching out for. Um, and that's the whole thing. It's like 
the only one who never really tried to raise up the ranks and and become bigger than they were from the starting of the show is Paulie. Because in Paulie's mind, well, I'm right where I want to be. I just, yeah. you know, I'm an earner. I'm a I'm a captain, and you know, I'll make my money and be happy. Everybody else on the show though takes that turn. You know, you see Silvio eventually thinks, well, maybe he can be the Don. You know what I mean? You see Christopher always trying to do better than he is. So, yeah, there's there's always a, a curveball at the ending of an episode or a, a season where you go, okay, I want to see what happens with this person now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they drag you back in. Like like I mentioned, I'll watch it now and I'll, I'll put it on. Because I'll be having lunch or something and I'll put on one episode. And then the episode ends. And mind you, I've watched this show 20 times. And then I, I gotta see the next episode. It yeah, still happens. Yeah. It's yeah. me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I want to see what happens again. <laughs> so my my last my last two notes on the pilot episode are: first of all, it is very fitting, and again, another great way to show you what the dynamic of the show is going to be. That is, everyone has gone through all of their opposite directions and everybody has their motives and everybody has their confrontations and everybody has their conflicts. Everybody still shows up at the party. Yep. And everybody still walks into the house together and, you know, and, and they close with the pool, but the other, the last thing and the most important thing is I know I said those two Tony Soprano scenes, the one with the mother and the Gary Cooper scene were probably my favorite scenes in the movie. Right. I'd say right behind those though, is the scene with Junior and Livia driving to the party. Right. And the, the reason is we are now seeing, again, setting everything up, that these two old people that we, <laughs> thought, that we thought originally were just these two old people. Right, background fodder. You know, they, are actually, they are actually our villains, folks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And they get stronger as the day goes on. Yes. You know what I mean? As the season gets b- bigger and better, as the, se- as the next season starts, you're like, wow. But I guess when you look at it in the, the big in, the big, big storyline of it all, it was his mother and his uncle. So he could never really take them out. Yeah. So they just had to keep getting bigger. You know? Absolutely. So, you know, but yeah, you see their, 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 strength, their strength together as they're talking in that car ride. And and it happens a lot throughout mm-hmm. the season. They, they're together. They're talking about certain business aspects. And Tony's mom was up to date on everything. Yeah, she you is. You know what I mean? She, yeah, and, and I mean, again, anybody that's listening has seen the show, but I just, her, her she is so manipulative. Yeah. You know, and, and just like. She, she is one of like one of his workers' name. Every guy she knows, yeah. Paulie, she knows, Chris, she knows, Sylvia. it's like she could have told Junior, Take that son of a bitch out, and he would have went and did it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's it's weird. I'm, I'm glad my mom and my uncle never tried to do that to me, <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I would say the the pilot episode. I don't know, I don't know if we want to uh. I was thinking about it before we started doing the show, and I was like, I don't know what's the best way to do this. Do we rank? Do we rank? Do we rank the episodes like um, one through five? One through five Strombolis, <laughs> one, th- one, like five, one through five lasagnas, something like that. But I def- whatever food item it is, I definitely give the pilot episode five because it oh, yeah. is it's one of the great pilot episodes in the history of television to get you hooked into watching the show. I agree. And very effectively at introducing to you the characters and the dynamics. You know going into the next episode what you're going to get. I agree. Um, back in nine, late 98, 99, TV was not like it, it is now with streaming sites and everything. So you didn't know if you were getting more than one season of a TV series. Especially with HBO. You know what I mean? Yes. So this hooked you and made you eager for the following week. But then as you learned, oh, well, there's only 10 episodes or 12 episodes or whatever, you'd start searching the internet, you know, going on Google. Did they renew? Did they renew? Are we getting another season? Weeks before it was set to hit the finale because you were making sure when is it going to air so you could be ready, you know what I mean, and discuss what you think is going to happen. This show, I give it a five. I'll give it – 
I'll give it five gabagool on a scale of uh, one to five. Uh, you know, it, 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 for a pilot episode, it was by far better than a lot that I've ever seen. I, I, I don't know if you watched the, H, the new HBO series, which actually just wrapped a couple months ago completely. Secession about the, you know, the yes, father and his yes. children. Fan, fantastic show. That first episode, that pilot hooked me too, just like with the surprise. I went, yeah, I have I, to watch more. I was about to say, I actually put off watching that show because it, it I didn't think it would be something that I liked because right. it looked almost it looked almost too soap opera opera right. to me. Right. And then I, I I was like, I had one of those times where I was in a show hole. I didn't have anything to watch. So I put on that first episode. And just like you, I was going to watch the first episode and get back to work. Right. I didn't I didn't get much work done that day. No, no. Because I, I watched binge- the first episode and then I watched four more. <laughs> I binge watched the entire three, first three seasons because there was only four seasons total in a week. <laughs> so I went through 30 episodes in a week. And because my buddies were all talking about it, they're like, this, that, the other, that, that. Like, okay, I guess I got to watch it. I'm like, you know what? They're bad at judging judging shows. I'm going to hate the first episode. Show ends, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I want to watch more. Yeah, I'm addicted. Yes. So the Sopranos was was the first one that did that to me with HBO, though, where I said, I've got to watch more. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there have been other shows that HBO's had. Entourage, but it took me four episodes to get into Entourage because I was just like, who the hell is this cocky young guy in Hollywood? Mm-hmm. But by episode four, I got into it. You know, uh, um, Boardwalk Empire. I, 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 It took me a whole season before I said, okay, it's, it's decent. I'll watch it. But The Sopranos yeah. hooked me from episode one. Same here. And, and I, I loved it. I still love it. And I, I have to watch it every now and then. I've seen the finale multiple times. I still think my cable got cut, you know, <laughs> when the, when it goes to black. So, and I, yeah. I and I am a gigantic fan too, and I am so glad that we decided to do this show. I agree, because it's going to be I great agree. to, uh, and it's going to be great to discuss it with you every single week. Um, yes, sir. And that being said, stay tuned. Of course, obviously, folks, we have we have a lot more episodes of this show because oh, we yeah. got what? How many seasons? Six seasons of The Sopranos. Six seasons. The only thing um, I might ask that we could jump over is Johnny Cake. <laughs> I don't need to talk about listen, that ever again. Listen, Mitchell, we're here for the good or the bad. Um, I do want to hear a funny. Re- you want to well, hear a ahead. funny story real quick? Sure. So I go to Atlantic City to like one of those disco bowl and Taj Mahal things. And the actor that played Vito is there. But this is like a year before that season comes out. So I meet him and I'm like, dude, I love you on the Sopranos. You're great. I hope they don't kill your character off. He's like, no, wait. It's going to get so much better. That season comes out. And I'm like, motherfucker, what did he mean it was going to get better? This is horrible. This is ridiculous. You don't know the definition of the word better, my friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, he must have been pranking me or something. He, he, he thought I wanted to see him turn gay, you know? So. But obviously, um, I will be, we will be posting this to those of you that are already um, listeners to other podcasts here on the WNR Podcast Network. Yes. So that'll be in our Facebook group. Also, if you have any feedback for this show, I have set up a Gmail. If you have feedback, if you have anything you want us to discuss, et cetera, et cetera, your opinions on certain episodes, you can email at sopranopodcast at gmail.com. I wanted to have something where uh, the listeners of this show could contact us directly. And interact and then, a little bit, yeah. Yes. And also, if I find that we are getting a um, – because it's just, you know, it's one of those things where you don't want to do it if you, if you don't – see the need for it but if once we find that we're getting some listeners getting some discussion going maybe we'll start up a facebook group for this show you know Never dedicated know. to the sopranos so right but baby steps this was the first episode and archie i think it was great and i hope I everybody else enjoyed it and that being said everybody we will see you next time around thank you for listening to the pilot episode of the soprano cast which was about the pilot Bye, Archie. Good night.